Hey everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with a Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today we have the amazing Marissa Cox. She is a British journalist and content creator based in Paris, and her blog is Rue Rodier, the first street that you grew, that you moved to in Paris, right? Exactly. Yeah, I lived there for for a year. Amazing. And where in Paris is Rue Rodier? So it's in the ninth, just kind of a little bit south of Montmartre. And what's like the vibe there? It's quite, I mean, the area is quite kind of a bit more like family orientated. Mm -hmm. It actually has one of my favorite Thai restaurants on the street. (laughs) One of the reasons I really liked it, but it was just, I don't know. I really like the, um, the alliteration of the double R Mm -hmm. and it's kind of where my blogging journey and my kind of new life in Paris started. So it just made sense to call my blog after the first street. I love it. So tell us a little bit about how you got into journalism, content creation, what led you to move to Paris and how that, you know, inspires your work. So my background is in um, PR and journalism. I worked in publishing for a while. My last job was at a random house in London. And I was also editing a website, like an arts and culture website part time. So that kind of got me more into the digital sphere And I always wanted to have my own kind of site or brand. And I moved to Paris for a relationship. And that was really kind of the catalyst for me starting my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I kind of left, left London, left my life, didn't have a huge amount of friends when I moved to Paris, kind of wanted to start documenting my journey there, started teaching myself photography. So that's kind of how it started. And then as it progressed, I started bringing in my interests like fashion, interiors, beauty, and, um, and that's kind of, yeah, where it is today, and I do interviews with women in their homes as well, kind of home tours, um, yeah. That's so cool, so did you move to Paris knowing that this was going to be, like, your full-time job, or was this something as, like, an outlet or hobby um, to kind of, you know, find yourself in your new place? Not at all. It totally started as like a passion project. Mm-hmm. I had always been interested in photography. I already had the journalism, so I thought, okay, I'm going to teach myself photography. And then after about a year, I started, well, I guess I think I started my blog maybe six months after I moved there. And then I met kind of a community of, you know, other like Instagrammers, self-taught photographers, bloggers. So I kind of was in the right place at the right time, um, meeting those kind of people and I actually I did a bit of journalism when I first arrived did a bit of um, digital marketing actually worked for a wine brand oh cool for a couple of years part-time I was doing strategy for the um, the UK market for them Mm -hmm. and running my blog alongside and when I was doing that I started getting a lot more work and then about three years ago I was like okay now or never I'm gonna see what happens Mm-hmm. take a bit of a risk. I'd already taken a risk to move to Paris anyway. So yeah. I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna work for myself and, and see what happens. And so far, so good. And I think a lot of people out there that are doing blogs or side hustles as their passion projects, it's always, you know, when is the right time to really commit full time to doing this? Like, is it going to be something that I can support myself on mm-hmm. full time? Is this something that's like a smart move? Like, 
was there a moment where you knew that this was the time to take that risk and do it full time? I think quite honestly, it was because I, I was getting enough work in from my blog Mm -hmm. to be able to support myself pretty much full time. Mm -hmm. And I just, I couldn't juggle the two things anymore. It was just, I was getting exhausted. The, you know, the, that job had kind of served its purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, it was great experience. And I learned a lot about wine, which is very (laughs) useful for living in Paris. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was really lucky. It was for um, the Bordeaux wines company. So I literally, you know, I did kind of a couple of trips down there and tasted like 70 wines in one day. So... (laughs) <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was really great because obviously there's, um, there's such a big um, restaurant, te- uh, restaurant culture in, um, in Paris and mm-hmm. drinking wine. It's very much part of the culture. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to go in a restaurant and order and a good bottle of wine. Yes, and then you have respect. Right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so now I kind of, you know, know what I like. And yeah, it just worked out really well. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to give it a go and see what happens. And that I was just the same, got really lucky with it. That was the same thing um, with me and the clear cut. Mm. It had always been like my side hustle, something that I was doing, but working full time. Yeah. But at a certain point, it's like either your full time job is suffering or your side hustle is suffering. So you exactly. have to make that choice, which one to you know, commit to, because you can't, like, share Mm -hmm. yourself with too many things. Oh, totally. No, it was just, yeah, it was just getting too much. Yeah. And obviously, I was incredibly passionate about my own thing, and that was the (laughs) direction that I wanted to go in. Yeah, and there's nothing better than committing, you know, your full time to something that you're passionate about. Exactly. So, I know you blog about interiors and fashion Mm -hmm. and lifestyle, what are you most passionate about or is it just everything in general? Like, what was your first love? Ooh, that's a really tricky one. I have to say, I've always been... I guess it kind of worries me sometimes that I haven't necessarily focused, <laughs> but it's been actually advantageous for the work that I do because I can actually, you know, I can dabble a bit in interiors, I can do style, I can do beauty. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I kind of feel if you're interested in aesthetics... Like, if you love fashion, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have a beautiful home. Yeah. And you're going to be interested in beauty. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I, I say that I talk about lifestyle. And really, like, my, also my byline is um, called the road, to, the road to Better Living. Because mm-hmm. when I moved to Paris, I felt that, you know, I was starting this new journey. And then I started working for myself. So whenever I, yeah, work with a brand, I really, I keep that in my mind. And I'm like, how... How is working with them going to better my lifestyle and better my audience's lifestyle? And, you know, as women, we like so many things. And that's kind of, you know, of course, if we like fashion, we're going to be interested in beauty and skincare. So for (laughs) me, I I just haven't chosen. Yes. But one of my and another one of my big passions is um, is art. Mm -hmm. That's where I get a lot of my inspiration from. So I yeah, I can't really choose between those. (laughs) That's fine. That's totally fine. What do you think is, like, the main difference between, like, Parisian style um, and aesthetics versus, like, American style? Quite different. And blogging, like, in general for fashion. I mean, in terms of style, Paris is much more pared back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's changing a little bit more because there are a few more, like, influencers and bloggers who are, they dress a lot more colourful. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're interested in a lot more pattern. But traditionally, Parisian style is elegant, chic, pared back, quite minimal colors, a lot of like um, monochroming. So, and. Kind of similar to New York, but it still feels different. It's like there's yeah. like an effortless chic. 
Yeah. It's almost intimidating. <laughs> yes, I mean, I'm still, yeah, I mean, French, well, Parisian women, there's so many beautiful Parisian women. And, I mean, there is this sense of the effortlessness that they, you know, of course they care. Mm-hmm but it feels like they, they don't, don't care as much. And how do they do that? It's always like you it's, see this woman and she just like throws on a scarf and it's like, wow, she's so chic, but how can I emulate that? It's, it's all about, it's just a mentality. <laughs> Total mentality. They, they just don't, yeah, they just don't care so much. Like, but they do care though. It's like right? they make they they kind of make effort to you know to look nice, but at the same time, is I think they care a little bit less about what other people think about them. Like they they care about the mm-hmm. way that they present themselves, mm-hmm. but they care less about how other people are perceiving them. them. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that's the kind of difference. Like they wear less makeup, for example. You know, their hair is much more kind of undone. There's almost a bit of it's sometimes a, scruffiness to them, but it's still beautiful and elegant. Maybe it's like a self-confidence. Like, yeah. I like this. I'm just going to wear it. And if yeah. you don't like it, I don't really care. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> it is. It's totally an attitude. Yeah. And so is there a bigger emphasis on skincare than there is on makeup in like the beauty world in Paris? I mean, they do love their makeup, but yeah, I mean, skincare is way more important mm-hmm. and they definitely don't wear too much makeup. Like there would be, you know, you would have your eyes done or your lips. It's very rare that you would have all of it done unless Mm -hmm. you were going to some sort of fancy event or maybe being filmed. Mm -hmm. So they really try and look after their their skin. And there is this emphasis of aging gracefully as well. So not a lot of like Botox or fillers. No, not at all. Very prevalent in our culture. Yeah, I mean, yes. American (laughs) culture, yes. But French, there really is this kind of like, you know, if the hair starts going a bit grey, they don't worry about it so much. It's kind of, yeah, it's deemed as chic. And yeah, they just, it's very natural beauty. So what are some tips that if an American girl wants to emulate a little bit of like French girl style, whether it's in their fashion or their makeup, just some tips that we can do because I'm always looking to be a little bit more Parisian and have a little more effortless chic style, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of clueless. <laughs> so yes, makeup, skincare, a lot more minimal, a lot like more what natural. What are the trends? Hair a bit more undone, mm-hmm. so not too not too curly or done up. Then, in terms of style, a good pair of jeans, which is gonna emphasize your derriere. <laughs> Very important. Um, not many high heels. So kind of a very, I mean, you know, there is this kind of myth that, you know, Parisians kind of pound the pavements in stilettos and they, they don't. You know, yeah. Paris is a walking city, so they need to be able to walk everywhere. So like a nice pair of flats or boots? Exactly. So either um, kind of like a low, yeah, low-heeled boot or a nice pair of, I mean, I like Supergas. There's another brand called Envea, which is a... It's actually Brazilian, but it was started in in Paris. Mm -hmm. And then my kind of go-to is a good white T-shirt and then a nice blazer over the top. So it's pretty pretty simple. You'll see me on the next episode wearing that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, that's... So this is a good transition. Oh, so basically I want to know what ignites your spark. Is it the art? Is it the fashion? Like, what is it that keeps you going every single day that you know makes you always interested in creating new content because I know it could probably be exhausting creating content mm. as your full-time career right yeah 
I mean, I'm very lucky to live in Paris. It's a, it's already a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. I'm also very lucky that I get to travel quite a lot. That's where I get a lot of my inspiration, going to different cities, different places, learning about different cultures. And then, yes, art and aesthetics. I'm a big fan of design, architecture, mid-century design, um, Eames, Le Corbusier, Bauhaus, which is a little bit more kind of brutal. But living in Paris, I also get the, the beauty from, from being there. And when I certainly when I need a bit of an injection of inspiration, I go to exhibitions. And it's probably so cool that because you're in Paris, you could go to any European city so easily. You have like access to you know, just hopping on like a plane or a train and going to another, you know, beautiful city. Exactly. And I mean, I do go, because I lived in London before Paris, I go back to London a lot. Mm -hmm. And usually when I'm there, I'm always checking out kind of what the new exhibitions at the Tate Modern, for example, Um, you know, going to Italy, Spain. Yeah, I'm really, really lucky that I'm very close to, you know, very different cultures Mm -hmm. and languages. And actually during, I've been in the US the last two weeks and I think I've been to at least four or five different exhibitions. So it's been, whenever I travel, I try and go to a gallery. So if you're in the US, it's not an excuse. You can always check out new exhibitions, go to museums. not an excuse. (laughs) There's always something new to explore. So we'll transition now from your spark to Mm -hmm. sparkle. Yep. So we're a jewelry company, so we want to talk about jewels. So we... um, asked you to bring a piece of jewelry that is meaningful to you because we think that you know jewelry is something that is not only beautiful and luxurious but something that holds a little bit of you know emotion and sentiment and that could be passed down so tell us a little bit about uh, the piece that you brought to us so actually yeah I have the perfect piece I have a ring which I designed trying to think maybe four years ago now It's so cool. I commented on it the second she got here. I was like, I love that ring. Thank you. (laughs) So I basically inherited the stones from my grandmother. Mm -hmm. One is a diamond and the other, I think, is a pink tourmaline. Mm -hmm. Both emerald cuts. Yes, exactly. And actually, so my mum, so I designed it. The stones are from my grandmother. And my mum, she used to live in Kenya. And she, when she was living there, she bought this little... um, kind of like an Arabic coffee pot pendant. Mm -hmm. And she actually melted down the pendant to get the gold for the setting. Mm -hmm. So it really encompasses kind of like, I mean, obviously my family, also my mother's like traveling heritage, and then the fact that I designed it. And now it's like a beautiful modern piece of jewelry. So it's two um, stones, both emerald cut. One's a pink tourmaline and one's an emerald cut diamond. And it's set... um, kind of with that open negative space in the, in the and actually yes this was I did that on purpose because I mean this is like the fanciest ring I have <laughs> and I didn't want it to look like an engagement ring yes <laughs> so the idea of having a gap in the middle it's not like eternal like engagement rings so I thought you know what I'll and I love I'll have that's actually one of my favorite designs mm. I did the Olivia oh, ring yeah. which is my signature ring and it also has the negative space mm. and we also just introduced a similar one which is our Irene Trois oh I like that which has a pear-shaped off-kilter with a round diamond. Yeah, and I do, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. I really like rings which are a little bit, a bit unusual, unexpected, so that's Mm -hmm. really pretty. Awesome. And I know that you mentioned that if you were 
to look at, you know, a big diamond, it would either be emerald cut mm. or oval, right? Yeah, and a little bit more inspired by Art Deco. Just something, I'm actually not a big fan of the solitaire. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it's just so... It my rings very, are Deco. That's be- Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, it was my mom's. It was because she was an antique jewelry dealer. Ah. And I saw this ring when I was eight years old, and it's an Art Deco ring. And I was like, can that be my engagement ring? And she was like, no, I'm not saving that for you. Oh. So when he proposed to me with it, I was so shocked because she had saved it for 20 years. Oh, I love <laughs> that. That's such a lovely story. Yeah, and I, I kept this part original, but I um, changed the band mm. because it was a, it, there was a lot going on. So I just wanted it to be a little simple. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I have to say, yeah, the, the solitaire ring is... I think because a lot of people, traditionally, that's what they go for. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like to go for something too traditional. So, yeah, yeah definitely something a bit a bit different. So we have an emerald cut in a solitaire, yeah. but in an oval with these two pear-shaped side stones. But basically, ovals and emeralds are both really, really popular settings because they're both really elongating. This is just a little bit more of an mm. understated elegance, and the oval is kind of finger-flattering and has that sparkle. Yeah, they're beautiful. I like even setting these kind of east-west. If you turn them on their side, it's a funky way to like make it a little less traditional mm. too. Yeah, they're lovely. So those are both around like three, three and a half carats. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy with either of those. <laughs> thank you. And we also wanted to just thank you for being here and gift you our spark ring. So I'm this very is sweet. This ring um, represents, you know, what ignites your spark, mm-hmm. kind of just, you know, a daily reminder of like what gets you going, your hustle, so you can look down, you know, feel like I'm going to keep inspired. going. I'm inspired <laughs> to keep going like on your hardest days. And it kind of connects you to this, you know, larger community of women that mm. um, are here to support you and are inspired by, you know, everything that you're doing. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, it's really pretty. So Marissa, tell us a little bit about some projects that you're working on, something that we can look forward to seeing um, in the future from you. Well, I would just say currently I'm, uh, I write a monthly column for Who, What, Where UK mm-hmm. about French style. I'm also working on a book proposal at the moment, Ooh, which I'm what kind very of book? excited about. A little bit about my kind of journey living in Paris, what I've learned... And then talking about kind of interiors, beauty, style, from kind of the perspective of what I've learned, mm-hmm. and then in- interviewing a few key Parisians who I really admire. Ooh. And then I would like to, I've got a, another project to start a podcast next oh, year. Oh, yay, podcast next exactly. year. Exactly, kind of talk, <laughs> talking about this aspect of better li- living mm-hmm. through kind of the lens of, you know, style you wear, skincare, beauty, interiors. So, yeah, I've got a couple of projects coming up, which I'm very excited about. And when can we expect these? Oh, I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm literally, I've almost finished the book proposal. Okay. So that's being kind of combed over in the next couple of weeks by another editor. Mm-hmm. And then probably January, I will start working on the podcast. Awesome. Oh, and I will just mention, I because I do these interior interviews with, um, with stylish women. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, it's been photos and an interview on my blog, and I've just started doing video. Oh, amazing. And I, I love that, because then you can get, like, a little peek into... Exactly. And everyone loves a little behind-the-scenes Exactly. Peek. So I'm quite excited to be doing that as well. Amazing. Well, 
stay tuned for her book and podcast. We'll keep you posted on that. Um, that's so exciting, and I can't wait Thank to watch. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're so happy to have you here all the way from Paris. We're so lucky. And this is Marissa Cox. You can follow her on Rue Rodier and ruerodier.com. Yes, that's the website. Perfect. Um, see you guys next time and um, please subscribe and if you want to see the beautiful jewels head to our YouTube channel which is The Clear Cut thanks guys